Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Pastor Tim. Welcome to Hallelujah. So glad you're here today. Turn to someone and say, it's great that you're here. Say that to someone right now. Go ahead. We're finishing up a uh, five-week series called Overflow. We're in the season of Lent. Lent is from an old English word, which means uh, lengthen, which you can hear lengthen. The days are getting longer. Who wants to say amen for that? All right. Uh, amen. And uh, Lent is the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday, not counting the Sundays in that time. It's a, it's a time of self-reflection. It's a time of spiritual growth for many. For many, we give something up as a spiritual discipline. Um, this uh, series, the last five weekends here at Hallelujah, we've been looking at it one spiritual discipline per week. Pastor Mark launched the series talking about regular worship, so thank you for being here today. Uh, worship is important in our faith lives. Uh, Martin Luther said the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, so we're, we're called together, we're gathered together by God to be here this morning. And regular worship, we, we worship uh, grounded in word and sacrament, we share the word, we proclaim the word in song and spoken word. We also receive the sacrament, Holy Communion, sometimes baptisms. Uh, this is an important routine for us. Pastor Tammy then uh, took week two talking about prayer, prayer life and the impact of prayer and ha having your prayer life uh, draw you closer to God but also overflow into impacting the lives of those around you. Then we talked about scripture, being in the Bible, being in a routine, having that spiritual discipline and maybe just setting up a way that we can regularly be in the word and, and try to engage with God's word and, and hear the story of Jesus in new and profound ways this Lenten season. Last weekend, Pastor Tammy talked about serving, serving others, overflowing God's gift of compassion into the service and the love of others by our actions, by serving them, and how powerful that can be. Today we're going to finish the series uh, kind of in a two-part way with one discipline, gifts, receiving God's gifts, but also sharing, sharing God's gifts. It's one thing to receive them, but not to keep them to ourselves, but to, but to share them is, is equally important, if not more important. So we're going to do that, but I want to break the ice. It is that time of year right now, and a lot of you are thinking the final four, but that's not what I'm talking about. By the way, the prayer room will be open after worship for the Michigan State alumni. That will be open for you. And then um, the, uh, some of you are thinking it's Master's Week, right? It's Master's Week. But I'm talking about something much more important. 
It is spring yard cleanup time. Right? Am I right? Now, some of us enjoy this work. Some of us pay to have others enjoy this work. Not judging. I've done both. But I like to get down in there. I like to put the gloves on. I like to get, you know, on the old jeans on. And I like to take this in, in, in sort of chunks. So I've power raked and bagged. And then I raked later another day. And then now I'm going to go into the, into the beds and the landscaping beds and try to beautify those and start clipping down everything. And, and just, it's sort of a fun process. And it's just getting down into God's creation in that way is sort of a, a fun a hobby of mine. You may have heard about uh, Patty and Patrick at the property line of their homes working in their yards one day and big landscaping bed goes by with just rolls upon rolls upon rolls of sod, grass. And Patty says to Patrick, he goes, you know, when I win the lottery, I'm going to do that. And Patrick says, what, what do you mean, Patty? Are you going to have a landscaping company? And Patty goes, no, I'm going to send me grass out to get it cut. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's my landscaping joke for you today. Feel free to use that in your place of business or at your school tomorrow. One of the things that Kathy and I have done in the few homes that we've lived in is we decided when we were married, when we came to a house, we were going to improve that home in some way the home itself, but also the landscaping in some way. We wanted to make it better than what we, the condition we found it in. So we wanted to pass something on and not only enjoy it while we're there, but then the people that come after us, we want them to be impacted by just the little act or the little place in the landscaping that we fixed. We were married uh, during seminary, my seminary education in grad school, so then... Um, we were in married student housing in the campus apartments, but then we were called to the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, and our little town had 562 people in it. That's what the sign said anyway when we moved in. The church there had a parsonage. The parsonage is where the pastor lives. Uh, the pa- the, a lot of small towns, the church owns the home that houses the pastor's family. Some inner city churches still do that. Um, so we lived in the parsonage, and here's a little picture of the parsonage. It was a rambler. It was uh, backed up to an alfalfa field. It had a, uh, fuel oil to heat the house and well water. Uh, so it was an interesting experience for two city kids, I'll tell you that. But as, if you squint, you can see the little round steps in the entryway that lead to a couple sidewalks going off at a 90-degree angle there. And... Kathy thought, and she's got a great green thumb for this kind of thing and plants and flowers and things, so she thought we should put a little landscape bed at the base of that last step. So now I'm going to give you the after. See? Not bad, huh? So this was our disposition of trying to make our home a little, you know, improve the look and just beautify it a little bit and, and nurture it a little bit and then the family that comes along later, you know, hopefully can enjoy that and enjoy weeding that bed and all those things. But all kidding aside, that was our, and it still is the way it is. So that's part of the reason I like getting down in there in the, in the yard and, and working and, and, and doing the, the yard work. Why am I talking about yard work this morning? 
Well, I want to take it to a bigger question for you. We live in a big world. Does it really matter what we do? If you've ever been in an airplane and looked out a window on a clear day down at the earth and, and looked down at the, you realize just how little we are. Amen? You look down at the acres upon acres of farmland, and when you're driving by, you think that's huge. But when you're up in that plane, you go, man, I'm small. Man, I'm small. Does it matter what I do? Does it matter if we nurture and cultivate any part of God's creation? Does it matter what actions I do? Does it matter if I'm interested in God's grace and love in my life overflowing into the lives of others or not? Does it matter at all? Let me give you a quick answer before we dive back into the text today. I want to give you an answer to kick around and play with the rest of the time here. Yes, it matters a lot. It matters. Turn to someone and go, it matters. Say that, somebody. It matters. Say it out loud. It matters. Because there is a God who created the heavens and the earth, and he placed you in it at this time and in this place, in this world of his, to grow his kingdom, to spread his love, to be filled to the full with God's love and grace and forgiveness and, and salvation in your life that it spills over into the lives of those around you. And one of those ways is to receive God's spiritual gifts and then share them. And we're going to talk about that today. It matters. So let's go back to Scripture together in Romans 12, verse 4. Romans is found after the four Gospels in the New Testament and in the book of Acts. So you'll find Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. We'll pick it up there. St. Paul is originally writing this letter to the first century believers after the resurrection to encourage them in the faith. And here he's explaining gifts from God, sometimes called spiritual gifts. Here's what we read. For just as each of us is one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Pause. St. Paul often writes about the church as the body. He uses this illustration of the human body being like the Christian church. A Christian church is like a body with Christ as the head, and then every one of us, every believer, is a different part of the body. And although there are different parts of the body, many different parts, there's one body in Christ that work together. The thumb has a different role than the left knee. The right ear has a different role than the nose, and so on. And Paul will sort of, you know, share this metaphor in different places in his writings. Now, look what he says as we keep reading. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Pause. We have different gifts. Now, we are going to do a little bit of ancient Greek, because I know you love that, right? Okay, we're going to do it anyway. So, we're going to do some ancient Greek, and the word for gifts, there are at least two in the ancient Greek language here, that could have been used here. The first word is dorea. You say dorea? Dorea, translation, gift. 
It would be the word used in Matthew's gospel in chapter 2 where the wise men come to present gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to, to uh, infant Jesus. So there is uh, that word there, gift. It's a gift from people to people. In the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, there is a place where uh, we read about a, a priest offering a gift to God in the temple, and that is doreah. It is a gift from people to God. It's a, it's a gift. It's, just, it's the gift that's under the tree. It's the gift that's on the birthday present pile. It's doreah. That is not the Greek word used here. The Greek word used here, we have different gifts, is charisma. Say charisma. Charisma translates divine gift. Literally, divine gift from God. Paul is writing, we have different charismata, the plural for charisma. You hear the word in there that we use in English? Charisma. You say, oh, that, she's got charisma. There's this, this, this something, and it's, we've secularized that word to mean just this sort of boost to someone's personality or this it factor that people have. But in the original Greek, charisma is a divine gift. It's a gift from your creator. It's instilled in you. It's part of you. And it's meant to be a part of God's kingdom building work. It's meant to be a part of his uh, witnessing for the body of Christ. So you, the Bible will, will tell us Every believer has at least one charisma, at least one gift. You may have more. You may have gotten in line twice as God was giving out charismatic gifts, spiritual gifts. But we have at least one. So repeat after me. I have at least one spiritual gift. As we continue, he says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. And let's put these up on the screen as we continue reading. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul is sort of spilling out this elementary exhortation, right? It's like, if it's teach, then teach. If it's give, then give generous. If it's, it's like, duh. But that's exactly the point. It's duh. Do it. If God has given you a gift, a charisma, maybe not a talent. Talents are great. But a gift, a divine gift from God with its intent to fill you up and overflow into the lives of those around you to grow the kingdom, use it. How do we discover that gift? I've got three steps to think about. First is pray and ask God what the gift is. What is it? What is my gift? As Paul lists them here and they're listed elsewhere in the New Testament, um, what is my gift? Ask the giver what the gift is. Have you ever gotten a present and said, what is this? <laughs> Ask the giver, what, what is this? <laughs> God in prayer and then do listening prayer and ask God to speak uh, and, and nudge and, and plant images or words in your heart, mind, and soul. Ask him to reveal it to you and uh, that happens. God, what is my spiritual gift? Is it generosity? Is it leading? Is it serving? And so on. Ask. The second thing is, 
watch the signs. Oh, there's an illustration on the screen of a waitress. Imagine you're at a diner, and you're in a booth in the diner, gold school diner. It's busy, it's small, it's crowded. The workers are running around, and the waitress has six plates balancing on her hand. Another server crashes into her, didn't see her, they didn't see each other. Boom, plates go flying, the waitress goes down, glasses shatter, uh, the plates shatter on the tile ceramic floor, and it's a scene. What is your first response in that moment? If you say, that's a shame, and you take another bite of your eggs, your spiritual gift is probably not compassion. (laughs) But let's walk through Paul's list here in Romans. What is your initial gut response in that moment? If your spiritual gift is prophecy, you probably told the people you're eating with 15 minutes ago, that waitress is going to go down soon. If it's serving, the first thing you do is you jump up from the table. Oh, let me help you. What? Oh, let me get, get those. Oh, let me, what, how can I help? How can I help you? Help her up. You, you help everything. You, you try to help. Serving. If your gut is teaching, you go around to the manager and you say, you know, I have a better system for this. I think we can work on your in and out system here, the traffic flow just of your, of your staff. Let me help you here. If it's encouraging, oh, I'm so, you know, you're such a great waitress. I'm, this happens to everybody. The, you know, don't worry about it. You know, the encouragement. Giving. Your first response, you grab your wallet or your purse. I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for this. She shouldn't come out of her paycheck. I'm going to replace those dishes. I'm going to pay for all the food. I'm going to pay for this whole thing. Your spiritual gift is generosity. Leading. This may connect to that sort of teaching thing. You might... You might email the manager later and say, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a great idea for your, for your structure here, your, your, your staff, and that, I can make sure that never happens again in your, in your diner. Showing mercy, that's kind of back to serving, but it's a little more of the compassion piece, the one I joked about at the beginning. Your first move is a, is a move or a word of compassion. Help. Mercy in the moment. What is your spiritual gift? So ask God, and then watch the signs. But finally, you have to try it out. Test out the gifts. Raise your hand if you've ever uh, gone on a test drive in a vehicle. Raise your hand. Okay? And you may or may not have purchased that vehicle based on that experience. I can one-up you. I went to test drive a vehicle in the last year. I couldn't even fit in the vehicle. I wanted to test drive a Mazda Miata. It was an embarrassing moment. Opened the door, did the Barney Fife with the belt, getting this Miata here. Tried to get in, my knees were up to my ears as I sat down. I could not, for the life of me, fit in that thing or envision me driving. I did not. And sometimes we, we're willing to try out a spiritual gift and we go, this doesn't fit. This isn't my gift. I volunteered for that thing at the church and it just it wasn't my thing. I didn't like it. I didn't, it just, it's not your gift. Seek your spiritual gift through trial and error. Test out the gifts. And I and our staff give you permission to fail. We're not in a demographic or a community that, that loves to fail in front of one another. Right? But we have, you have permission here at all to try out your spiritual gifts. See if they work. 
Step forward in faith. Give it a shot. It may or may not be your thing, but at least you're trying. You're trying to test out your charisma. Well, that's receiving God's gifts. So I hope you'll go through that uh, process with the Lord and, and discover if you don't already know. Maybe you already know and that's wonderful. But let's finish this morning talking about sharing God's gifts. And I want to go to a one-verse-based text in the, uh, near the back of your Bibles, 1 Peter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Because it's one thing to know, receive and know what your, your gift is from God to overflow into the lives of those around you. It's another to share it. Listen to what we read in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And guess what the Greek word there is for gift? Do you think it's dorea or do you think it's charisma? Charisma. You're right. Each of you should use whatever divine gift from God you have received to do what? To serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms and the various different gifts, whatever that is, that's your calling. That's what God has put you on this earth to do. This series, Overflow, is all about that. Being filled up to the full with God's presence and gifts and then just naming and claiming those gifts and just letting them spill out. I felt, uh, I tripped over actually a quote this, this past week in preparing today's message and I love, I want to share it with you and I hope it connects with you the way it did me. It's by author Albert, Albert Pike. What we have done for ourselves alone dies with us. What we have done for others and the world remains and is immortal. I think that's awesome. What we do just for us. And sometimes we need to do some things just for us. Don't, get, don't hear me wrong. But the things we do just for ourselves alone, they die with us. But the things we do for other people, they last forever. They last forever. And are divine, immortal. Because when we name and claim our spiritual gift and we use it to build God's kingdom in the world, it is divine. It is from God. It lasts generation to generation to generation until Jesus returns. And so to conclude and to kind of come full circle, I have a question for you. What little part of the kingdom is God calling you to make just a little bit better then you found it. To nurture it and to, to plant and to grow just this little corner of God's kingdom using your spiritual gift or gifts. Growing the kingdom of God because it matters. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for your generosity. You are the ultimate giver. And you give to us your divine and holy gifts to be shared with 
others to have them overflow into the lives around us. Lord, we pray today that we not only can name and claim that gift or gifts, but also have the courage and the faith to step out and share them, to be a witness to your love and grace in Christ, to walk our faith in our words and our deeds. So Lord, help us to spend a little time in the days to come rethinking spiritual gifts and how they might overflow into the world around us because Lord, you put us here in this creation at this time, in this place, because it matters. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said together, Amen.